Hello and welcome to episode 11 in season 5 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host Mars and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kali and my amigo PJ. Guys, how are we? Alright, thank you Mars. Alright. Good, it's it's good to be back. It's yeah, good to have while. you back Kylie. Well, it's a game week where the wing back brought sexy back. I mean, unbelievable performances by mostly the wing backs but also some of the defenders. Let's dive through it. As always, we'll start with the scores. And um, finally, actually, I'm back at being number one. Uh, it's been a while. 76 points. The, the defenders, pretty much uh, Cancelo, Rudigan, Trent, uh, Salah, chipping in. And Tony and the rest, uh, yeah, forgettable. Uh, PJ, you were second with uh, 67 points, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was indeed. Points, yeah. And um, unfortunately, Liveramento could not cover James and Chilwell this week. <laughs> The one week I needed him. (laughs) Yeah, the week we all played him, great. (laughs) Um, In fact, almost almost none of my differentials came in, with the exception of the immortal Josh King rising again from my bench to the one you benched again. Yeah, (laughs) cover that Aspilicueta inevitable blank. (laughs) And Kylie, you were you were third with sixty three minus four. I love how just side note, PJ says Aspilicueta blank. As though that's what happened, <laughs> as opposed to him just not appearing again. Yeah, 63 minus a hit. It was the same story for me in that it was just Trent, Chilwell, and uh, Cancelo, and, and Captain Salah who returned everyone else blank. Unfortunately, those are the ones that everyone owns, or you know maybe they own James instead of Chilwell. So it was a bit of a rough week, sizable red arrow, but uh, we move on. We move on indeed. But listen, guys, I mean, we are just mere average players, below average compared to the top of the three amigos. So, PJ, take us through the top five, please. Yes, thank you, Mars. So, number five, Ale Chef, Gary Cook. Number four, Izzy Wizzy Get One Busy, Christopher Marshall. Up to third, the tepid template, Alexander Gray Davis. Up to second, Ginny, Mini, Mane, Mo, Adrian Ponch. And with a whopping lead of almost 30 points from everyone else is James S. Don't go, bacon my heart. He is 143rd in the entire world, people. Wow. Impressive. And some new names there. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. nice to see. No offence to the previously <laughs> successful people, then. No, and, new, and, new and, and all, easy names for people. Yes, yes, easy, easy names. Yeah, I was about to say all, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's just move on before I say something else. Um, yeah. uh, oh, what have we got for this today? <laughs> uh, you know what? International break is always an absolute uh, laugh. Uh, it's, it, it's the perfect time to just switch off. But it, it came to the point where I preferred discussing where the washing machine should be overseeing threads about who's better, Son or Kane. And it's just, it was quite laughable that they both got the same amount, <laughs> the same points after the whole, you know, who discovered who and how, how Kane is going to be back. And like threads and justifications. And look, both of them were punts and absolute right punts to go for because they are a team with a new manager, 
great players historically and a good good fixtures. But the amount of justification and excuses that I saw, I'm like, just stop it, pick one and go with it. Mazat. Mercilessly brief there, Mars. Very brief. Um, yes, yeah. to the point. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's, yeah. guys, there's, um, we're going to touch on Spurs, but that will be our second topic. But we can't. We just can't not talk about the guys at the back. So the main topic is, is four or five at the back the right way to go? Uh, Donny FPL, like Donny FPL says, cheers all. Considering going five at the back, already have the big four, James, Chilwell, TA, Cancelo, Tino. Issue is the majority for us won't play Tino, sorry. PJ. So why not upgrade him and get another win back from Spurs, Villa, Wolves, Arsenal? So the question is, do we go back and look again at, our, at the way we, we talked about uh, the back five or back four or big at the back? Because a few weeks ago, if you remember, guys, we had a question, I think it was from Morph, and we, we, we said, no, 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 no. Four defenders maximum. Three usually. I prefer playing 3-4-3, three, 3-5-2. Three, three, Nobody wanted to play four or five, but I mean, you've got the sexy wing backs of Cancelo, Trent, Chilwell, James. I mean, these guys, PJ, you kept telling me they like the new Salah and Mane up front. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So, um, those who don't have those four win backs, should we target them or have we missed the boat or is there any concerns with the Christmas rotation? Tell us. Well, just one quick point. I think it's worth noting that um, I believe Morph once also asked us if she, he should buy uh, Eric Dyer. So, you know, we, we kind of have to like, Qualify that question. Well, it's just, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's just really the week to go down the Eric Dyer. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like maybe that coloured our answer at the time. <laughs> just saying. Fair point. So PJ, tell us: Have we missed the boat? Christmas rotation, or just bloody get them in? I think I think rotation is is obviously the hardest one to predict. We've seen, you know, obviously people, you know, waste air. And 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 space on Manchester City rotation and Manchester City have rotated less than any team in the entire league this season, which is staggering when you think of it. Them, themselves and West Ham have, have have used less players and made less substitutions than any other team. So pet rotation is is a myth this year um, from what we could see so far. Chelsea rotation isn't a miss, however. So, you know, the ghosts of Alonso and indeed Aspilicueta definitely loom large. But for me, the way I want to answer this question is that it's, simple, a fact, it's simply a fact of heading into that busy Christmas period and your backup. And I definitely think four at the back is, is an absolute must. I think anyone who has already had the kind of setup over the last two or three weeks of Cancelo, Trent, James and Chilwell is absolutely laughing and, and fair play to those people who are ahead of that curve. Right now, if you were wildcarding, you would completely see why you would be straight onto those four players. I think the difficulty with adding a fifth to that is that you suddenly have, you're all maxed out in defenders and the cheaper defenders, not just Liveramento, but there's plenty around that that bracket, that kind of 4.5 million bracket, are miles ahead of any of the 4.5 midfielders or strikers. So if rotation does bite, if over Christmas Alonso and Aspilicueta play a game, which they almost certainly will, and you have to rely on Gilmore, Brownhill and Davis to all come into your team, you're going to be in for an absolute horror show of the week. So I, I still think it's four at the back either those four that i've just i've just mentioned and then a, and then a good backup or you pick one of james and chilwell 
Um, I think Cancelo and, and Trent Alexander-Rodder are obviously locks. And then one of the Chelsea defenders. And then you rotate. So I've got Liveramento and Ben White. And those two teams um, rotate extremely well, kind of right up until the kind of end of January, really. So I'm going to be playing four at the back every week with um, with those players. But that's why I don't want to see, oh, I don't want to go down five at the back. It could definitely work some weeks, but... I, I think I think it's I think it's one of those where yeah you're going to get fifty or sixty points from your defenders one week and then suddenly you're going to get two or three when you know someone concedes and two or three of your players are benched to one so I think it's risky so I, I think four is enough. Yeah, I think look, I think it's an absolutely valid point. If you look at the the, the equivalent of the four point five defenders, like you said, those are two pointers at max and up front. Hardly any of them. But Gellhart had a start because Rafinha was ill. And then Davis, or Keenan, yeah, Keenan Davis, I think, from from Villa hardly gets a game. And the others, I don't even know their names. So, no, I, I see your point. I think um, there was a tweet, and I, it was it was over the international break. Somebody asked, uh, I'll try and dig out for the next for the next um, pod, about this myth over Christmas. And actually, you, you'll be surprised how little there is. Now, you might see reduced minutes or the odd player might get rested once, but it's some of the, the big players like the Cancelo and all these guys played most of the games all the way through to January. Pe- people forget that. And we seem to, to sometimes worry too much about Christmas rotation. But it, it's there. There will be one or two, but I think we, we give it too much thinking. But I agree I with certainly you. Don't think I, miss, I don't think we'll miss more than one. All these players, they're playing very much form of their life. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Chilwell and, and James are just playing out of their skin. It, it's, I don't believe for one second that Tuchel is suddenly going to play them every other game. I think they'll miss one over that. Well, period. don't forget, there's Champions League. There's Champions League that they they, they can be rested. Uh, Chelsea are already through. Liverpool are already through. Um, Liverpool certainly. I think Chelsea would want to win their group, but you know, they they, yeah. could, they could well do that this week. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. And I guess there's there's another point like. I mean, I, I would agree with all of your points regarding five at the back. I, I would be averse to five at the back anyway. It feels unnatural to me. Even with forward players kind of not looking maybe as appealing or reliable at the moment. Um, but I think the point that you made regarding the fifth defender as bench option being more viable is a massive one. But, I mean, if you look at, you know, total points scored so far, and that's not necessarily an indicator of what's going to happen going forward. But after Salah, who is obviously flying ahead, then we've got Trent and Cancelo, both on 79 points, and then James on 75 points. Now, obviously, you have to go further down to get to Chilwell at 54, but those 54 points have come in six games. So it's quite mad when you think about it in that respect. And how can you justify at the moment? I I think many of us are on 343 or 352, and I'm just looking at it with the likes of Mbwemo in my team and thinking, why do I have you when you're only fractionally cheaper than, say, getting a, a James in and, and flipping things around? So I think those of us who are not on a 4-4-2 at the moment are probably all really looking to make that move, whether it's with the additional probably Chelsea defender or, as you said, PJ, maybe with some form of rotation. I think I think the flip side is that what you do see is is people spreading those funds because no premiums other than Salah uh, and Mane, perhaps the most ignored player in the entire game, are are kind of banging. Um, you know, we need those premium strikers banging to break that mould. In order to break this 4-5 at the back, it's not actually about those defenders. It's about Ronaldo, Lukaku, Harry Kane, Son, Vardy, Aubameyang 
Bruno Fernandes. It's about these players somehow finding the form that we know they're capable of and hitting double digits, making themselves viable captain options, giving something people to think about. At the moment, people can just spread these funds. Loads of people have got money in the bank. They can easily get to these, not just the five to six million defenders, but the five to six million midfielders and forwards who are all other than Salah and Mane, outscoring all the bloody premium options. So, I mean, Harry Kane is still about the 185th top-scoring player in the game. It's a farce. So the flip side of that is that you end up benching points because you're kind of spreading your funds kind of all across yeah. the team. So we definitely need these premium players to kind of step up and just mix up this template um, because yeah. it won't stay like this. Four at the back, five at the back. No. That is definitely the play it's the... right now. But it won't. No. I guarantee it won't be in a month. I think we all agree that. No one has missed the boat. When you watch Chelsea play, when you watch Liverpool play, when you watch City play, especially, actually, maybe not so much Cancelo, but Trent, and even more so, Chilwell and James, they are playing like forwards. I mean, every time I watch Chelsea, I feel lucky that they haven't scored more. And if it wasn't for an offside or Chilwell hitting the bar, we would be talking about more points for them. So I don't think there is missed the point. I think the way Chelsea are playing... With, with that, the interesting bit is it's without Lukaku because no matter what we think about Kai as an FPL asset, Chelsea have played a lot more fluid football with a false nine than when Lukaku playing. And it will be interesting to see when Lukaku's back, do they continue like that? Because those, those wing-backs are going beyond the midfielders. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But the last question I'll ask you guys on this, and I want a quick yes or no. Would you take a hit to bring one of them in? Are they worth a hit now? If you don't have James and Chilwell... And you you have one of them, and you want to bring the other. Would you would no, you take a hit? No, no to get the second one. Yes to get at least one. To get one, okay. Kylie, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree as well. Right. Um, our second discussion is around uh, Spurs Husky Nation. Do we think uh, at Husky Nation one? Do we think Kane has a pulse, or <laughs> has he turned into a zombie? I mean, it's a fair question to be honest, Kylie. I'm going to come to you because I know you brought in Kane. Yeah. Kane and Son, as I said before, were the talk of the international break. Spurs have entered a good fixture run, two games in now and uh, two wins. Have we learned anything or is it still a fixture gamble? Are we just really turned, uh, you know, we, we're turned on by this fixture list? And so, okay, you, you brought in Kane for a hit. Do you regret that or are you, have you seen something that made you think, right, I, I made the right decision? Okay, well, there's a few points to unpack in all of that. I guess, firstly... To the point about, you know, can we make a call? Yeah, I think it's too early to make a call re-Conte, right? And and the influence that that's going to have on Son and Kane because obviously he barely arrived before the Everton match. And then somehow, questionably, uh, Spurs players are in uh, international football. So he didn't actually have much time with, with a lot of the key players to actually embed his his message really in his philosophy. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that progresses over time. Um, and I guess also as well, Leeds haven't actually been conceding that many goals. I think, like, obviously they conceded two to Tottenham, but it's really just been a goal a game for the last good while. So it's not like they've actually been that completely terrible um, in the way that I think many have looked on that fixture as being. As to my my particular choice, it, it's obviously fixtures driven because there is zero form to account for. I mean, I think I heard uh, in commentary that um, the first shot on target, which happened in, I believe, the second half of that match, was the first shot on target for Spurs in seven halves of football, which is astoundingly horrific, right? But 
you know, it, the fixtures look really good. We've got Conte coming in. There's an element of excitement. But you also have to look at the landscape of, as we were saying earlier, there are no premiums really outside of Salah and and Mane, who no one seems to have, that are that are performing. You know, we've all got these players in our team and we're looking for something a bit different, a bit exciting. Or if you're like, like me and you're someone who's got Vardy, who hasn't done anything since everyone brought him in, you're kind of keen to shake it up a bit and take a punt. And I think historically you would never have called Son or Kane a punt, but absolutely are on current form and the way that team has been. But, you know, it was it was there to do and I was willing to take a gamble. I think in my situation going Kane over Son, there was a personal element, which was that in my mini league, the, the leader has been kind of blocking me quite deliberately and, and bringing in the same player. So our teams have been quite similar and he already had Son. So I wanted to go a different way. Otherwise, it was sort of a pointless exercise for me to bring him in. So that definitely colored the decision, which isn't something that is going to necessarily be the case for listeners, right? I think you could have picked one or the other. That said, I know it's only two game weeks, but Kane has actually been the better. That feels like maybe an overly flattering choice of words, but he has been somewhat better than Son. So he's had six attempts, four in the box, one shot on target and one big chance, hardly setting the world on fire, but it's a bit of something that maybe is a kernel of hope. Son has been pretty dismal. So he's had two attempts, one in the box, zero on target, zero big chances, zero big chances created as well to Kane's one. So there's been a whole lot of nothing going on there. Yeah. Again, it's two matches under Conte where we haven't seen his influence. I think it I think it's too early to tell, but another point I guess, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who did go Kane who had this in mind, which was that maybe if it doesn't really work out and Ronaldo without Ole maybe finds a bit of fire in the next couple of weeks, there is a viable move to make there as well. But I think that the move for them is largely driven by lack of enticing other premiums. I Neither are posting the sort you know, of figures that Josh King, for example, are, let's be honest. Twice. No, no, well, they're not. <laughs> they're pretty much, what did you say, 185th or something crazy in terms of total points. There is nothing compelling about them except the story and the legacy that they've had. And the fact that it's in a landscape of people having money to spend and plenty of options that they aren't interested in. So that's why we've seen interest. If that was different, if we saw premiums delivering, I don't think we'd be seeing the movement towards them at the pace that we have, regardless of fixtures. Uh, you know, I completely agree with you. It's it's it, the, the fixture list is too enticing and the history of these guys, absolutely. And Kane, Kane loves Christmas, etc. Uh, the defence mm-hmm. they play in soon... You know, Burnley suddenly can't, don't know how to, to defend and they're just scoring for fun. And we love, and got we Norris, remember him getting hat-tricks against Burnley. There's a nostalgia thing that it, we so easily fall yeah. into in this game. The thing is, when I was watching the game, uh, what I was hoping for is to see Kane back to the Kane before the Nuno days in the middle, like he does for England. He was dropping so deep yet again. Son, Son used to hog the left and then cut in. I saw him in the middle. I... Uh, don't get me wrong, I want one of them soon. Um, I was going to move for Son, but I held back. I'm glad I did now, but, you know, the next, now I've got two free transfers. Did you guys see the same? Did you see Kane dropping too deep and 
more again being the creator rather than the the actual guy in the middle. I didn't watch the game because I was terrified of a fact that I own neither. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not prove problematic. And in <laughs> no, the end, Regulon yeah. scored with an incredibly jammy goal, it has to be said. Assisted I mean... by Eric Dyer, who also got a bonus <laughs> point. What a player. What a player. Five yeah. Well, he did take Five the player. free kick, so. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it I, I basically did, landed did he, did he in Regulon. demand goal. that off Kane, which, which in itself is surely so yeah. worrying that, you know, yeah. <laughs> when Harry Kane... It was too it, close uh, for Kane. It was too close for Kane. It was one of those that you had to, to, to smash like a David Luiz style. It's Eric Dyer, Mars. Has he ever scored? Yes, he's taken free kicks before. Has he? he has, and and also actually, it, this was not a bad free kick. Like it, oh. it went off the the post, you know. So and it was the right force and everything. So it, if it had been like a couple of inches, you know, to the right, basically or left, I can't remember which side he hit it on, but um. It, it would have been in. So it wasn't a, a terrible free kick. And then they got the goal out of it in the end. But it's not encouraging. Re- Regulon was, was the one most involved from... Uh, yes. he, he, he could have set up Royale as well. He kept picking the ball up, cutting him to the right, getting the balls in. Very well involved. Right, good discussion around well, I think he had, just, just to that point, yeah. um, it's... It's kind of hard in the context of talking about all these these defenders and everything, but um, you know, Regulon uh, over the last few matches has had four goal attempts, all four in the box, created two chances. That's quite a bit more than um, Royal, even though Royal's heat map sort of looks further forward for people who are maybe because to be fair, he's not that expensive. No, and we well, know what what they lack like under Conte. He yeah. could be an option. Hold that because nuclear atoms at particle uh, underscore impact says, did you see any improvement in, improvement in Spurs' defence that can make us believe they can start keeping clean sheets soon? You're talking about the attack, and rightly so, because I agree with you. Guys, what do you think about the defence? And do you think Spurs' defenders can be something that we look for if we're looking for that fourth or, or fifth defender? I don't know that they particularly... <laughs> we're talking about defending. I'm st- I'm still not filled with loads of confidence about their ability to defend. I That is something that I do feel confident that we will see an improvement in under Conte. But again, I think something like that takes time. I think I look at the likes of Regulon as being quite cheap. You know, he's 5 million. That's not bad, particularly if Conte can improve their defence. But he's always had that attacking potential. And yeah. I think that we'll see that better harnessed now going forward. And we've already seen, that is where I think we've seen some improvement. And again, it's in that, it's with regard to his attacking potential. What about what about Ben Davis? Great digger at FPL, great digger saying, is Ben Davis now clearly the best Spurs asset to own? 4.5 million. He was also quite high and very involved. I mean, I mean, yes, yes, and no. Uh, I think he's he's someone who fits the bill perfectly for that fifth defender slot to cover the um, you know any any kind of rotation of those Chelsea or Manchester City players. But but to suggest, I mean, to suggest any player, even even Liveramento, to be fair, to to, to get in a team uh, ahead of of James Chilwell, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Cancelo at the moment is is madness. I mean, I mean, other than Salah, you wouldn't say any any player in the game in any position, you know, would you know you would you would if you if you were on a free hit every week, you would pick those four players and Salah currently. 
um, and then work out the rest from there. They're just it's astonishing the numbers and that they are posting. So I think beyond that, I think I think Ben Davis is a good option, and I do like regularly on as well. I think I think he's he's wide class as the first reserve. If we see any sign that any of those players um, have a bit of a knock or, you know, a loss of form or just going to be rotated out for a couple of games, then I think, um, and, you know, um, those Spurs players are probably the next best place to look because they've got a fantastic run of fixtures. The wing-backs will get forward and we know that Conte will, will naturally improve the defence anyway. I'd, yeah, I'd agree with that because he is really enticing, Regulon. But it's just that issue of how can I justify selection for him when I've got four other incredible options. So, as you say, if one drops out, he's a ready-made alternative. Cool. Good discussion around Spurs on both aspects, defence and attack. Let's see what happens. Of course, any moves will be punched because they're just not in the most scintillating of forms. Right. Let's move on to the listener questions. we got loads, so we're going to try and fly through these. A lot around defenders because people are... PJ, you and I, oh, you, you, you made a comment saying, like, nobody wants a defender that gets six points anymore. Everybody's looking for those double-digit defenders now. Right, so Randy Shafter, at Randy Shafter's asking, would Diaz now seemingly just another overpriced tosser in Pep's tool belt of rational fisting? Should I just jump onto the chill ejaculation wagon and be done with it? Thanks. That's not the only question on um, uh, on uh, Diaz. More Tika Sala at Neo Liverpoolian. Diaz, stick or twist. He's got TA, Cancelo, James and Livra. If Twist needs a cheapish defender, him and Nacho will cause of others' fires in the team. So, Diaz, guys. Uh, he's getting rested a bit more than usual. Well, you know, again, a few weeks ago, we said he'll be safe. So, what do you think, uh, PJ? Would you jump off Diaz? I, I would not. I think the only players right now that I would not jump off if you've got, providing you've obviously got kind of three of those kind of big four already, is is basically another City defender or another Chelsea defender. So if you've got Diaz, if you've got Walker, if you've got Rudiger, then those are the players who I would say, look, I mean, you saw what Rudiger did this week. Um, look, you bought them keep them these are players who can still return double digits ds has just had his rest so he could easily start five or six in a row kind of next up any other players in any other teams if you still have and don't have those four players i would be making that your priority transfer this week but personally i think that's an extremely hard call to go to go from ds to to one of those players we know that ds is going to start the next game you know, there's no way he misses two games in a row. He's never missed that in his city career. So, you know, I, I just think I just think that's he is one of the only players. Diaz, Rudiger, and Carl Walker, I think, are the only three players in the game that I would not be moving on personally. Yeah, for for, for one Rudiger of those, for, yeah, plans. yeah, for one of those big yeah. four. Well, I, yeah. I I mean, if you don't have Cancelo, I mean, obviously. It's, I guess preferable if you have a different person to change him to. But if you don't have Cancelo, I think it's really hard not to have him because Diaz just doesn't have the goal threat. I think he got one goal last season. Um, And I mean, last season, I think he was only benched like once. Uh, Obviously, Cancelo hasn't been rested at all this season, which is a bit of a madness, given that the perception at the start of the season was that he was the higher risk, higher reward of the options. Yeah. And, you know, that we're seeing currently 
him really, really shine. I mean, I think he's got four or five double-digit returns and he's only blanked a small handful of, of times. So I think for me, I couldn't fathom going without Cancelo and, and holding Diaz to I, facilitate that. But I, I, would... I see your point. I, I think if you have not other fires... Yeah, oh, I, I mean, if, you're, if your team is burning, I wouldn't... <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought about going Rudiger to James. Now I'm just going to double up. But, um, but I think I, Rudiger is a little bit different. Like, Rudiger does have yeah, threat. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He, he does actually have genuine goal threat. You know, he, he scores a few goals every year. Diaz really is a, a classic six-pointer. You know, he is capable of getting some bonus. But with Cancelo mopping up all the bonus at the moment, hard for him to get a look in. Fair, fair. Cool. Now, uh, let's get back on to Chelsea. So, it's... Double is not enough. People are asking about triple. So, FBL Fantasy Phantom at FBL underscore Phantom. Double Chelsea defence is becoming so popular. Is it time to triple up to gain uh, from, from them, basically? And then um, we had another one uh, from uh, Gavin at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE. Triple Chelsea defence, yay or nay? What do, we, what do we think, Kylie? Would you triple up on Chelsea? No, not in defence. I would never triple up on any team in defence. It's just way too much for my liking. And I think then, you know, I think at that point then you're, you're forced into a five at the back because you have to have Cancelo and Trent, unless you're a crazy person. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just don't think it's worth not having them. So then you've got three Chelsea defenders. I, yeah, I just I just don't think that it's worth doing two. James and, and Chilwell can totally get on board with. I can even understand yeah. people going a Rudiger and a James or, or something like that. But three, there's heartbreak when they concede. They're not going to keep a clean sheet every single week this season. You know, and nor will they score every gonna... single week. No. Exactly. So there is going to come a time when that leads to genuine heartbreak. And, you know, we all get a little bit greedy and a bit giddy when there's so many points coming in defence. But I think it will end in tears. It's It's a bit... I mean, that's a bit like Flapjack. Like, that's come, some, his, his kind of thing that he would love, and it's a little too rogue for me. That's when he was personally. an average manager. Now he's a high flyer. He would never do something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sticking with Gavin, uh, he asks some of the question, uh, Peach, I'm going to come to you because you've mentioned this guy already. Is Manny now essential given the lack of premium forwards? Um, I wouldn't use the word essential, but I think... He, he's the next best premium option currently. I mean, Liverpool just creates so many chances. I think I think there's two reasons why why people don't don't and kind of haven't gone for him. I think I think one is the fact that I think people prefer the funds towards a premium striker, which gives the flexibility of someone in that Ronaldo Kane Lukaku role. And and the other factor is of course Jota, who who must get more wasted tweets and content and pod space written and said about him than any player in the history of the F- of FPL. He is just an all right asset. You know, I-, I think he's he's good value for his price. There are lots of players in my bracket who are also good value. The amount of time we hear about Jota, though, about when Firmino's out or whether Mane's not in form, whether he plays in the central, where his minutes will be managed, what his record is on and off. He just we know we know what we know what he'll do. He gets in position, he'll pop up with the odd goal, he'll miss a lot of big chances, his injury record ain't great. He almost 
almost always gets dragged circa around the 60 minute mark he's a high risk high reward player that's fine we know what you're getting with him buy him or not but because we're kind of drawn to him so many people are ignoring Mane who is quite clearly an, um, a considerably better option than Diego Jota yes he's priced kind of four million more than Diego Jota so you've got to factor that in but if you've got the money which a lot of teams have at the moment and you can get to Mane yeah, I mean, anyone who's had him for most of the season is laughing. I've seen a few teams who, um, people on Twitter who are who are in the top one k, and and a lot of them either went very early on the City and Chelsea defence, and I'm talking like week three, four early on that defence, or they've had Mane and Salah Salah the whole season. Those are the two things that I'm seeing in most teams that are really breaking that kind of top one k barrier at the moment, and and fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. Kali at YF Kayaka at YF Kayaka saying, is going into the festive fixture run with a top shelf 11 safe or should we have two of our bench over 5 million? I don't think we need over 5 million. I think you have. No, there's good value. Absolutely. Uh, definitely you've got um, Livermento, so he's, he's under. Uh, quite a few defenders are under. We just mentioned Davis. But what do you think? Do you think we need a, a strong 11 enough or do we need to, at least two, two, two bench players? Well, I mean, I, no, I think you need to have a bench because we do know that there will be rotation. Unfortunately, we don't know whether all of that rotation will be in the one week, you know, and then you're really out of luck if you don't have depth in your bench. Um, it might be that it's it's spread out amongst the, the, the team. So, you know, you might have someone who's rotated in this game and then maybe your other premium defender is rotated in the next game or, you know, whatever. So you might scrape by, but I always think we know that there will be some degree of rotation, particularly with the likes of, of Chelsea, just because of how back-to-back all the games are. Again, as we said earlier in the, the pod, I think we kind of overplay it a bit or overblow it in you know in terms of how prepared we need to be. I think it just comes with the territory. But I definitely don't subscribe to the idea that you need to have like this top-notch quality kind of expensive bench I think uh you look at the likes of Josh King and and Dennis right so just say you're you've got one of them you know they're more than five million granted not a lot more that is a a great option to have on your bench as someone maybe you'll roll out on occasion you know I mean look at PJ PJ's done really well with him um but then you look at defenders and you've got the cheap defenders so I think you can have a respectable bench without kind of overblowing it because then you're constantly having this bench points saga yeah. that we've talked about on recent points and that's just yeah. a lot of heartache. I've seen some benches with ridiculous scores and that's because yeah. of all the value that we're seeing. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, PJ, I could only ask you about this. It's not King, but it's about Dennis and Kylie just mentioned him. FBL Bowick at Anfield, at Romero and Dolvo. With three double digits haul from Dennis, is a second, third forward slot set and forget with how explosive for under six million forward a good strategy. I don't know if he's a set and forget, but I mean, I think he's a bit underrated or do you think Watford are... I think I think our Watford front three generally are just with King and Saar are just are just very hot and cold, and the reason they're hot and cold is because they play for Watford, and I think you just kind of have to have to know what you're getting with with that. These are players who will, you know, play like they did this weekend, kind of every kind of three or four weeks. Um, what I like about 
all three of them is that they've got double digit hauls in them. So they're not, if you compare them to the likes of say an Ivan Tony or a team of Pookie from other kind of teams who are struggling a little bit or, or a kind of Wilson or some maximum, those players are kind of ticking along um, kind of blank, blank, six, seven, blank, blank, six, eight. Whereas, whereas these players are like you, like you say, are getting to double digits. I mean, I mean, Saar obviously missed two penalties, um, so he could easily have got to double digits as well. As could King, who who missed a big chance and and and, and saw several big chances created by him, um, fluffed as well. So that's what I like. But when Watford are on song, they they pour forward. So yes, I think he's a fantastic. I mean, Dennis or King are are the best third option strikers in the game. But just just don't don't cry when they blank for two weeks in a row because they will they play for Watford they have some tough fixes coming up as well yeah they're that cheap but I think in the current you know we've talked and there's been a lot of conversation about this recently the lack of enticing forward options and so there's definitely a case to be to be having one of those as your as your bench option and and as you said if they're that cheap expectation management my god if they're capable of ever getting you a a double-digit haul, that's pretty impressive. But the defenders, the defenders are skewed expectation management this season because, because, yeah. because these six million defenders, uh, and generally speaking, they underpriced defenders and overpriced forwards this season. And actually, after three or four weeks, we patted them on the back for that. And we said, oh, this looks like quite a group <laughs> because all the forwards were banging. And and now that they're not, those forwards just look so expensive. So you've got people on Antonio. I don't know if there's a question about this. I'm sure there probably is. Looking at, okay, kind of don't fancy Antonio anymore. Who the hell do I buy? You know? Yeah, it's not Antonio, but it's Ronaldo. But I will end with this. Watford are not always going to play United. Let's move on. Um, Pan- Michael Carrick's of a wheel now. We're going to turn the corner. <laughs> we have a question for you on that. Just spe- specifically for you. Uh Panagiotis Sidiras, I apologise, dude, at the underscore art of underscore FPL. Ronaldo replacement, even willing to take a minus four to do dispute funds to midfield if any decent options. FPL Treebeard at FPL Treebeard. If you're not getting Ronaldo for non-footballing reasons, who might be an alternative if they get a half-decent interim manager? So, one is about getting a replacement for Ronaldo, and uh, the FPL art dude, uh, Panagetos, is mentioning maybe even going down to Vardy to upgrade a defender. And, Kylie, I know what you think of Vardy. And the other one is, what other United players would you look at if not Ronaldo? So, um, Kylie, we'll start with Ronaldo replacement. Who, who would you look at if you were going to that, if you had Ronaldo and you downgrading? Oh, my God. I just want to I just don't want any forwards. I want them all gone. So, just, like, genuinely wouldn't be bringing in Vardy. And he's not he's not justifying his price at the moment. Look, Jimenez has been ticking along well. He's probably one of few forwards that's actually been delivering. Tricky to get him if you're someone like myself who has Huang. But I think that if you're going to downgrade and you don't already have him and you don't have Huang, he's not the worst option because he does have some form. Honestly, if you're not going, if you're downgrading, so you're ignoring Kane. There's not really a whole lot else that's particularly enticing. How, and maybe there is a case for going budget and going for a Mane or something. In how about my favourite player of, 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 of recent, Alan Sad Maximilian? So I've, I've got Ronaldo and I'm looking at two, two different ways. I'm either I was going to go to Kane or if I bring him on, mainly because I want James, um, I, could, I could go to, to, to Sad Maximilian. Not only is he just fantastic to watch, but 
I think Newcastle have got uh, Arnold next, then they have Norwich, and then they have um, the last one is Burnley. At home, uh, Norwich and Burnley at home. As a short term, I think actually he's somebody that I'm really interested in because what my, my plan is to downgrade Ronaldo to James, get Son in the week after, then bring in Ronaldo for 16. That's like the long-term plan. So for me, I think San Maximilian, the way he plays, he's the centre of everything around for Newcastle. And with the defenders that he's playing, these guys, they hate players running at them. They love the standard forward, number nine, big guy, because they're all big defenders and they will defend, they, they will hold him up, they will get anything in the air, no problem. Run at them, they struggle. So I think for me, San Maximilian is potentially somebody, if you're looking at those fixtures and you don't, and you, and you don't want to go Wilson, I think he's, he's an in-passing option. PJ, what do you think? I, um, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at the kind of top forwards in the game at the moment, you know, over the past kind of five or six weeks. And it's, you know, and it's extraordinary, you know, the names in there, you know, Pookie, Dennis, <laughs> King, Benteke, yeah. Shea Benteke, Adams, yeah, yeah. Sam Maximum. I mean, you know, even in overall game, you know, Antonio and Vardy, who haven't done anything in like a month. And then there's, there's nobody, there's nobody there. You have to go all the way down to 10th before you get Ronaldo. Um, I can't, I don't have enough, you know, kind of space on my phone to keep scrolling before we eventually get to Kane. <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous how... RSI will have said yeah, yeah, yeah. How <laughs> those uh, players have, um, yeah. have performed this season. It's just... You know, strange, very, very strange. And, and I, mean, I do, yeah. I do think because of that, I'm trying to capitalize on the fixtures, which is why I'm looking at him. I'm just. Thinking, I, I agree. Okay, I think Arsenal it's, I think it's as good a better than It's a good better yeah. Exactly, and that's the point. I don't. Okay, that I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm particularly drawn to him, but I would agree that in the current situation, lack of enticing it's, it's options, not the fl- it's an absolutely worthwhile. It's not the flip side though to do nothing. I've, I've yeah. got Ronaldo. Initially, my plan was that Kane would show any semblance of form and I could go Ronaldo to Kane. I might still do that, but right now I'm thinking, well, you know, why not? Why not oh, keep him? And then as, yes. soon as, as soon as a player then kind of, you know, kind of hits that, hits that phrase, then you can, you, can, you can go over to it. I might have a bench Ronaldo this week, but anyway, we can chat about that later. It, no, but... I, I, it could be like, look, <laughs> last week I was selling Tony and Kai to get in Son and decided not to. With Ronaldo, I just think United are a bit all over the place. It, it, it's really about priorities. My priority now is to get one of, uh, well, I wanted James all along. James was going to be in my wild card ahead of Rudiger, but he was injured at the time. So for me, it's like, okay, how can I get to him? It's either Kai or Ronaldo, one of them has to go. And that's when I'm looking at options. So it, it's not a must because I do want Ronaldo and I think Ronaldo will come back in 16 when they play Norwich and hopefully by that time, United would have picked up some form. So I do think it's team dependent and it's plan dependent and everything like that. But when we're looking at forwards, like you said, there's not really much to go there. A lot of people already have Tony. He's not setting the world alight. Most people have Antonio. Would you sell him now but you, and you want him back later? But who, who for? That's the question. Huang, okay, hot and cold. Jimenez, okay, but if you've got Huang, you can't go there. But look, talking about um, strikers, etc. Oriol Rom at Oriol Rom is saying, with strikers underperforming and such great attacking defenders and mids, is it best to just play with one up front? So that's a different question now. We're talking 4-5-1 or 5-4-1. What do you guys think? Kali, would you play with one, with one striker? I've never done no. it before, but I'd say there's currently, look, I'd say 
you couldn't sit here looking at the current situation and say it's a bad idea. People who did it or have done it over the last few weeks, uh, though I imagine few and far between, probably have done quite well because you imagine that that defence then is stacked with the kind of names we've been talking about. So I think that there is a case for it. Again, it's a bit rogue. It's not how I would typically play. I'm always, I, I don't, I've never loved forwards. I know you love forwards, Mars, but I, I'm always a little bit skeptical. I've always loved midfielders. And so for me, it's, it's not uncommon to just play two forwards and, and in fact invest fairly minimally in, in my forwards. I, I'd often have like two fairly budget ones. Well, not budget, but inexpensive. But I'm just not sure that I would want to go uh, the, the forwards having cheap forwards like proper you know benchable kind of forwards is a risky strategy because it's so hard to break out of that and we know that our sort of 4.5 bargain basement ones don't play and you really don't want to be going into christmas with those littering your bench so maybe like a dennis and a huang or something and you're you're benching those but you know that's still taking up a sizable bit of money so i personally wouldn't but I can see people moving more and more money out of forwards, particularly if, if Kane and Ronaldo don't re-emerge yeah. as, as kind of viable options. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PJ, just to go back to Panagiotis' uh, question, would you do Ronaldo to Vardy and then use the funds to go Duffy to James for a minus four? Yes or no? Take a hit to bring in James. With that double up, yes, I would, given given Vardy's to this week. Yes, I would. Okay, cool. Uh Sticking with you, PJ, we have a question on United, FBL, FA Fox, at FBL, FA Fox. If United stick with Carrick for the rest of the season, do you think, one, they will improve or stay the same or worsen? And two, any ideas what manager Carrick is tactically and what does this mean for FBL assets? And let's answer that question, which was earlier, if you don't go for Ronaldo, what other United player would you look at? So, PJ, you have two minutes to, to, to tell us about United and what you think of them under Carrick. Um, I, well, I think of him under Carrick. I don't think I need that long. I mean, Michael Carrick has been Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's assistant for the entire time he's been here. Um, I don't quite know why he's been giving the interim manager job. The players are apparently baffled as to why just Solskjaer has been removed and his entire backroom staff have have stayed. I think that will change as soon as an interim manager comes in. I think of the likes of Laurent Blanc, who's been talked about. Um, kind of potentially coming in as an interim manager, I think a lot of those coaches will will lose their jobs. I don't know the first thing about Michael Carrick's um, tactics because they appear to be exactly the same as what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was. He's just as culpable as he is. I have zero expectations of anything turning around in the near future as a Manchester United fan, and I would advise anybody looking to buy our assets to just simply wait and see. We know that the players we have which are obviously extremely good on paper at any given point. If we turn to a bit of form, then yeah, jump on. I don't think we'll need much. If the likes of Luke Shaw, if the likes of Bruno Fernandes in particular, actually start turning a corner and start playing like we know we're capable of, then yeah, I think given our ridiculous fixture run from 16, pile on. But for now, I just wouldn't even bother making it a question. You know, if, 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 we, if we don't get battered by Chelsea, I'll be happy. You know, we're, we're miles off. You watch that Chelsea match this weekend and you watch that Man United match. You are talking about the current best team in the league and the current worst team in the league. That is how bad we are right now. We're not mid-table. We are the worst team in that league over the last four games. 
And, you know, Chelsea could put eight or nine past us if you looked at their form recently compared to ours. So, uh, yeah, just 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 watch and see. And um, if we turn okay. that corner, go from there. Cool. You've got time. Uh, Kylie, uh, Colin, at underscore, uh, or at underscore R underscore they, is Silva the best City option after Cancelo or is Foden worth the extra funds? So, Silva or Foden? I, I just don't know. I'm just still not sure. Silva has formed mm. unquestionably. He's He's been doing really well at the moment and it always seems to just, I feel like it surprises everyone when he scores again and we all think, mm, why have we not gone for him? But I just personally prefer Foden. Yeah. I don't love him after his 57 minute stint. Uh, it's going to happen with Champions League games and Christmas. We're going to get used to it. It is. It's part of what we sign up for when we go for, for these kind of players. So you either stomach it or, or you don't. For me, I still just think Cancelo's a must. Foden is a one to have if you want in the attack, um, but not necessarily always. Just kind of feels like the one I want to continue with for now. And I just don't think that I would be looking. Potentially, that's a mistake, but I just wouldn't be looking at Silva. I just think it's really hard given that, you know, there are, again, we talk about the cheap options yeah. uh, in midfield who have been performing. And I think that maybe I would go for one of those who doesn't feel like they also have that the potential to be dropped uh, at Look, any minute. For, for them is another one that as I don't have one, I'll watch. I think I'm lucky that I don't have him. He will be coming in at some stage. Um, I do think that uh, the only other person, uh, well, Jesus up front, we talk about forwards, but he didn't play. But again, he's been all right. Um, and maybe Gundogan, just because you know that he can. But none of them are uh, smashing it, like you said. So it, out of those two, definitely for them. Right, uh, PJ, sit down, please. And, and take a deep breath before you answer. Is it time? Uh, so FBL saying at Footy Waffle, is it time to move on from Livermento? No, I'm not joking. I have Duffy too, but he has a better fixture run, and I clearly need four premiums and not three. So, your lover, is it time uh, to say uh, goodbye, my lover? Goodbye, my friend. I mean, uh, I mean, at this point, I'm just going to say yes because <laughs> this this person doesn't deserve Livermento, and I don't want them to have Livermento. So yeah, you know, get rid of him for. Shane Duffy, because he's likely to play every game over the winter period, isn't he? At his age, with <laughs> Brighton's 27 centre-backs. So, um, yeah, do it, mate. Good luck to you. See how right. it works out. Kylie, FPL captain fail at FPL underscore captain fail. How do you get your players on the bench to score 10-plus points only when you need them and blank when they remain on the bench? If we knew, if we knew that... Um, Look, I mean, if we knew that, that is hilarious. I (laughs) mean, yes, PJ, I couldn't help but chuckle. Um, Of all the questions to be fielding at me, wow. Um, If I knew the answer to that, I'd be consistently winning FPL every season. if, If we knew, particularly because the budget players never do what you want them to do when you need them to do it. Livramento got one point against Norwich and the man hasn't stopped getting returns for the last and, and five against weeks. City. So, so, you know, that's a feel all over. Yes, there we go. Exactly. Um, we don't yeah, know. Can, the I, can to I just that. say that owning Aspilaqueta is key to unlocking <laughs> best <laughs> points? And I certainly You've feel one, honorable, like, but I don't have 20 points. You're I don't, I don't have him anymore. I've sold him this week. But you. I don't know why you did that because you've actually your success in the well. last they period has killing. hinged. They are killing. Hinged on owning Aspoqueta. How many points Over have you had? Oh, like well, Aspoqueta not I've got, playing. Uh, Twenty-two from King alone. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, I had a Ben White eight, so thirty, and I think one Livermento. I think, I think thirty-six points. I think from right. And back. you sold him, okay? I have sold him. Uh, Dix Delhi at no more great advice on building team value, please. I mean, buy informed players. No, anything well, else? Yeah, yeah. 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 Buy informed players. Put that question yeah. down with respect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, right. Um, uh, we have a um, question from uh, Raja, Gop- Raja Gopal at Raja underscore 2404. Who wins in a street fight between Sam Allardyce, Dean Smith, Sheen Dyche, Roy Hudson, Nigel Person, Neil Warnock in their prime? I mean, what's Roy Hudson doing in there? I feel sorry for him. He's getting killed. <laughs> I feel like Dyche, Dyche, will, Dyche will, will beat them all with one hand. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, without even distance, breaking distance out of the Yeah, true. He's, he's carrying a hidden blade in there. He, 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 does, he does go on to say <laughs> oh, who God. would win FPL. Hodgson is that boring that he could win FPL, to be fair. Like, you know. Um, so, yeah. I'm just worried about his hips or something in a street fight. <laughs> Dean Smith doesn't bloody play FPL, does he? He ain't going to win. No, he doesn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, FPL uh, Apina Findu at FPL score Apina. What what are your favourite pieces of whale? Quickly, one each. I know you Google them. Pieces of what? Whale. <laughs> There's so many. Kylie, I looked at Google. There's What's so many. What's your favourite species of whale, Kylie? Come on. Oh, I thought I thought you said pieces of whale. <laughs> it's <happened. laughs> I'm so scared. I, I'm, 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 I'm so go, scared I'm of that go, question. I'm gonna go blue whale just because it's the easiest. But there's so many. Quickly, exactly. give me one. You've heard. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say beluga. Good whale, beluga. Underrated, intelligent. <laughs> also, they're easy to please on Zoo Tycoon, which is crucial. <laughs> Kylie, do you, are you into Fair your whales? Uh, sure. Who doesn't love a good whale when it's intact, um, and 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 not in pieces? I'm still scared. I'm gonna have nightmares about that. Uh, I'm gonna go for the orca. I mean, they're a bit vicious, right? That's and they, a dolphin, Kylie. It's not even stuff. a whale. <laughs> Whatever. It is a kind of... Right. It's called a killer whale. Right. That doesn't mean it is one. So it's a I'm, whale shark. I'm, I'm not talking biologically. It's like a cousin. Right? And, you know, it's that sort of species. It's like saying what's the favourite mammal and saying bird. Oh, they're similar. <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Justice... Justice for the orca because I, I love you're orca. discriminating. Do you know? Do you know? This is my interesting fact on orca. Mars is going to kill me because we're we're descending into waffle territory as soon as we enter an animal question. But I'm still going to proceed. Do you know that no orca has ever attacked a human being in the wild? Animals don't, unless you entice them, or they're really yeah, hungry. You like deserve it exactly. Yeah, you know. So Amund at Nordic. Animals Mike are better than people. It's a bit early. Bit early for this, but I'll allow it. What do you guys serve at Christmas Day? When is it right time day to open presents? I mean, normally in in England we do. I don't know about Ireland, but in England Christmas Day it's, it's Christmas Day for presents, and on Christmas Day it's a roast. Whether it's uh, mostly tur- sorry turkey, eighty five percent to ninety percent of the time is turkey. If you're really out there, you might go for goose or or lamb. PJ, any difference to goose? what I said? What sort I of friends goose. do you have? I think I feel like I, David. We had goose. That, Nobody has that. ever had a goose. Who I have. Yeah, what? What? Where did you? Where did you get I a goose from? Why? Uh, from how a, big the, is a goose? How's your oven big enough to house a goose? 
Unbelievable. Oh, it was huge. It was lovely. So nice and juicy. Oh, yeah. I, 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 oh my God, vegetarian here. I always did. Did you open your Christmas presents in the morning, you know, like like a kind of rabid child? Or do you wait patiently for, for kind of after the Christmas dinner to the afternoon? I'm more excited about presents than my kids are. Uh, we, what? We no, 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 I can give a shit about presents. It's all about the food. So I just do presents later when everyone's in a drunken yeah. Uh, yeah. That way it hides how bad the presents. Also, um, as a good alternative to turkey, I do recommend lobster, and then you can make a lot of Santa Claus comments. Lovely. Oh my god. Lovely. Oh my god. Like, tell on, your dad. This is this is a Benny Blanco joke. Uh, Kylie, is there any different in Ireland, or is it similar? Because I know in Western Europe, uh, like Italians do uh, big, big, no, big well, meal I mean... is Christmas Eve. Ireland is exact same as as the UK uh, in terms of a roast dinner. I obviously don't eat the turkey, although I will say for the last couple of Christmases, we've spent it uh, with our our friends. And um, so two of us, the two who can cook, are both vegetarian and we've managed to do a full roast dinner, including turkey. Somehow that has apparently been very good, but I'm I'm excellent at vegetables and cauliflower cheese and Things like that. You mean so you we, don't we do, do the bronze on the Barbie, Sheila? <laughs> Jesus, Please. was that Aussie? Never was do that, that oh again. my god, that was awful. No, but it is. There oh, are there are people in Australia who who will obviously have things like seafood and fish, but lots will have a roast. We used to have a roast when it was forty plus degrees outside. Italians have fish on Christmas Eve, so it's it's a tradition, and we've. We go in this year, and we went a couple of years ago to some Italian friend's house, and they have fish Christmas Eve, no meat, and then um, yeah. Do they call it one. fishmas? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh God, you, you are spending way too much time with Benny Blanco. <laughs> oh, I can't escape right. him. Oh, I don't even Thank like you. him, Mars. He follows you. me around. Thank you for the questions. Fantastic questions. We move on now to wrap it up with our transfers. So, Elise, uh, Eliso, Elisiso, uh, Kane is the obvious captain choice for game week 13, and Salah is the boring pick. Is a wing-back the way to go if you want to captain someone else? And the one and only FPL Rockstar, at FPL underscore Rockstar, is it time to start captaining our high-scoring fullbacks? although no one obviously has the minerals to do it? Kylie, do you have the minerals to captain Chilwell? Or who's going to be your captain? Or what are your moves for next, for next uh, week? Um, I I do want to to get James in, but um, it would have to be a hit for a hit. I would hit, need to downgrade Mbwemo, so I'm thinking I might actually just save a transfer this week, and and then move next week. I will probably be captaining Salah. I don't think I'll be captaining Chilwell. Yes, thoroughly boring, but you know. I, I think it's just really hard to predict in terms of who's going to do what. I've, I've had Chilwell two weeks. I got a nine-pointer this week. I got two points the week before. think if you've got James, who has such ridiculously high ceiling, it feels riskier in that he maybe gets a random rest or something and then comes on for one minute like he did not that long ago. But he when you watch the matches, you just feel like this so many he's up against Luke Shaw, Kylie. Him. He's up against oh, Luke Shaw. I, the last person I know, who came that, up that against Luke Shaw scored a hat not having him. For a decent that scares team. me about not having him. Maybe I should take a hit for him. <laughs> Kylie, if you're a, you know, if you're if you're around 500k, your season is effectively over. Twitter, <laughs> oh, I did hear that, so, but know, I'm be, not at 500k. Listen, listen, Garth is is Jeez, Garth no. is a friend and a listener of the pod, and I, I love the guy. I see what he was trying to say. Maybe saying season over was a bit over the top, but he's basically saying 
like go for something differential. I remember thinking similar when like a few years back when I was at 500 thinking right I need to go differential but I think it's too early it's not yet maybe a game week 30 or 28 you, you could think that if you're 500 but not now not in this period this is the this is the most crucial period because a lot of the casuals will drop out because there's so many games turning over very quickly um, yeah. staying template will actually you know it's boring I agree mix. but will actually staying kind of relatively close to the template will actually continue if it performs or continues to perform will propel you further because there will be people trying to differentiate now to gain ground and there will be lots more people continuing to drop off on this side of Christmas or near Christmas. Yeah. So PJ, do, you had the minerals last week to Captain Ronaldo. Are you going to have the minerals to Captain James, your new buy and um, who else are you buying um i'm not going to captain james just because i think we will probably score disorganized mess as we are so i've already done my move which is asplaqueta to james um which leaves me i'm probably not going to make a, a second like i said i was considering ronaldo to kane but the fact that i'm currently deciding between benching either ronaldo or kai Havertz probably tells me that i shouldn't take a minus four to still bench one of those players <laughs> Um, so I haven't quite decided which of those I'll play yet. In terms of captain, I really want to captain Trent Alexander-Arnold this week, I have to say. Uh, I think, you know, I, if, if Liverpool play, you're through as ready group leaders, I believe, aren't you, in the Champions League? So I think if, yes, we already I think if Trent doesn't play that game, I will probably, I will probably captain I'm begging Klopp not to. Trent. I'm begging Klopp to rest some he, of our he just looks, he, he just looks so dangerous and... I, do I just it. think it's. I just think it's a nice difference. Don't, don't I'm not Captain in, in, in. I do like weeks, that so. move. Yeah, I like that more than captaining James personally. I don't know. It just do feels it. like a nice compromise. Yeah. You don't care about EO, PJ. I, I do really it. don't care about. Yeah, you because it's right. Well, um, so yeah, for me, it's definitely Captain Salah. I'm not. There's no point. I'll rely on my other ten players. I Thank do you. have two free. I do have two free transfers. Um, was thinking originally Kane and Foden in for Kai and Ronaldo, but I do want James, so I might just go. It really depends. I heard Kai might have a hamstring in injury. It depends on how Rafinha is. Is he going to be what? fit? Where yeah, had... I, I, read, I read somewhere that Kai is struggling with a hamstring injury. He might not play tomorrow. I don't know how true that is, so we need to monitor okay. that. Well, we need but... to give Bernard a game, don't we? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, he was brilliant yeah. at the weekend. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's not really an FPL asset, let's be honest, no. but he's playing brilliantly. <laughs> Rafinha, again, we don't know what's wrong with him. So I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm going to wait last minute. The, the price rise has happened. I don't really care. Too many options with two free transfers, but definitely not going anywhere else apart from Salah. And uh, that's a wrap. That's all we have time for. I've been Mars at Mars 05. She's been Kylie at Kylie FPL. He's been PJ at the Hindu Monkey. We've been the Three Amigos at the Three Amigos FPL. Follow, like, uh, enjoy. Look, we have so many game weeks coming uh, in, in very quick turnaround. Very short time. Enjoy it. This is the best. If you love football, this is the best period of it. So make sure you check your um, deadlines. Enjoy it and stay safe. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.